From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Lexi. She's a fiery advocate for the trans community who's not afraid to fight it out with trolls. Please welcome to the show, Lexi. Hi, hon. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. It's so great to finally have you on this show. And uh, before we move on too much further, let's go ahead and address who you have over your left shoulder. Oh, yes. For all those that do not know, this is my beautiful wife, Crystal. Um, hello. Uh, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm very excited to be here as well. First off, how do you identify and what are your pronouns? Well, I identify as a trans woman, uh, also a lesbian, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. How did you choose your name? Well, interesting enough, um, I don't know if I've told you the story or not, but um, I had a child um, friend. Her name was Lexi when I was growing up, um, and she was really, really good to me. She was the only friend I had that was a girl growing up, and um, unfortunately, when she was 11, she died of leukemia. Uh, but she was a big inspiration in my life. And so um, I decided to take her name. That's where the, the first name came from. Um, the second name came from, uh, I just, I really loved the name Alicia. I thought it was beautiful. Um, it, was, it was either going to be Lisa Alexi or Alicia, Alicia Alexi. Um, and then Knight actually happened. It was between Knight and Steel. I changed my entire name because I didn't want to be associated with my family anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I changed my entire name and it was either night or steel steel because you can't break it night because I knew I changed the world somehow. And here I am changing the world. So that's how I picked my name. That's wonderful. I love that. But getting into your actual st story of your transition and everything, when did you first realize that you were, that you were transgender, that that's what you were? Um, well, I've known ever since I was a kid, um, that I was a girl, like, Every time I've dreamt, like all of my dreams, I've always been a girl. Like I've just never presented as a boy in my own actual dreams, even looking in the mirror in my dreams or anything. And then um, I remember when I was six or seven years old, I actually grabbed a pair of scissors and gave them to my mother and begged her to cut it off. Like just begged her. Um, of course, needless to say, that didn't happen. But I knew that it didn't feel right and it didn't belong there. And so, um, you know, it it just it kind of it actually ended up becoming a family joke um as i was growing up which really sucked but as i was growing up you know i wanted to do i wanted to have babies and do the girl stuff and hang out at the mall and do my hair and this that and the other and those are all things i couldn't do growing up um i actually saw a documentary i can't remember if it was primetime abc or one of those but i seen a documentary when i was 33 years old and i watched this documentary um it was, it was with a husband and a wife and it was like watching myself on the screen Mm -hmm. So that's when I was actually able to put a name to it. But at that point, um, I couldn't transition because I was married and had three children. And the wife I was with was um, really strict about stuff like that. I mean, she was straight as an arrow could get. Um, and so I started doing some research. We ended up splitting up nonetheless. Um, and so in 2016, um, I started transitioning again. Oh, well, for the first time. And okay. then um, I transitioned for 18 months and I had to stop due to circumstance. Um, I was in a really abusive relationship. Um, I ran out of money, ran out of health insurance, was homeless. And so I had to, I pretty much had to stop transitioning at that point. Um, and then about a year and a half later, I met Crystal and um, I proceeded to live my life as a man for what, a year and a half? Yeah. About a year and a half or so. Um, and she had kind of poked at me. I found out about a year and a half later, she was trying to 
bring up the conversation because I had told her about my past. We got married, you know, and um, I had just kind of been the man's man. Like, I mean, if, if the man wanted it, I was the man, you know, and I was doing everything I could to push off the subject. And then my wife finally came to me um, after I put a gun in my mouth. Um, and of course, we had this discussion later. Um, but about two weeks later, my wife stopped me in the middle of doing something and pretty much looked at me and said, listen, we need to talk. And it's like, I can't talk right now. I'm busy. I'm in the middle of doing estimates. I used to run a tree company. It's like, so it's like, I'm in the middle of doing estimates. She's like, no, you're going to have to cancel those estimates. We really need to talk. And I'm like, I don't have time. She basically gave me the look of sit the fuck down, shut up. We need to talk. And so she looked at me and she proceeded to tell me how, uh, you know, you know, you're not happy. And of course, you know, me being the man saying, of course I'm happy. I love you very much. She goes, yeah, that's not what I mean. You know, what she meant was I wasn't happy with myself, that I didn't love myself and that, you know, she could see that I was struggling and that I literally beat myself down. She just couldn't watch me do it anymore because I was so withdrawn from life and I had just pretty much given up. Um, I was at the point where I was showering like once every two weeks. I didn't do shit. I barely took care of my beard. I wasn't eating. I mean, I was just, I was, I was a mess and I had pretty much given up on life altogether at that point. Um, and she looked at me and she says, with that being said, you know, with all the research I've been doing, you haven't been paying any attention to, um, I really think that you should transition to a woman. And, uh, yeah, it really hit me hard actually for a few minutes because I didn't really know what to say. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my wife telling me that I need to transition to a woman. And I looked at her and go, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? I'm like that you're, you're not even like a lesbian. And she's like, well, don't worry about me because I'm not going anywhere, but you know, you need to do something because we don't work like this. She goes, I need all of you, not some of you. And so now she has all of me and she considers this her quote new normal. Even today I'm wearing one of her shirts, which is really bizarre for me because I haven't been able to fit into her clothes until right this night. Um, she did pair and I looked at her and I said, doesn't it feel weird when I'm actually wearing your clothes? She's like, no, I think it's great because you're freaking beautiful and you're rocking it. So there it is. That's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> that, that is so amazing to have a partner that not only is, is supportive of you, but sees everything ahead of you, you know, knows that this is what you need sees that you need to do this and, and has the foresight to see that, um, that it's going to fix the problem with you. That's, that's amazing. She is, uh, she was very observant. You know, I didn't really pay much attention to that. You know, she always told me that, you know, when she put herself into a marriage, she put all of herself into the marriage. And, you know, I put a hundred percent everything, but it got to the point where I was just keeping myself busy from the time I got up until the time I went to bed. And, you know, I would sneak out of the house in the morning and I'd be gone all day and pay absolutely no attention to it because I needed to keep my mind busy. You know, because all I wanted to do was transition. All I wanted to do was transition. I knew that, but I couldn't find a way to tell her that because mm -hmm. I promised her when I got married that I had no intention of ever doing it. But then we both got laid off. And after COVID hit, like we spent a lot of time together um, and it just ended up like she she just popped back in my brain. It's like I just didn't have a choice. And, um, so I just withdrew more and more and more as the, as the year progressed. And she was just observant enough. She actually started researching um, late November, December about trans people on Reddit. She kept coming with the questions. Well, my husband's doing this. My husband's doing that. Why doesn't my husband do this? Why doesn't my husband like his penis? Why doesn't my husband like sex? This, that, the other. And it kept bringing her back to transgender. So she was smart enough to do the research and she had already made the, um, decision. She said, um, after would you say a couple months of research, 
Yeah. After a couple of months of research, she had already made the decision that she never really actually married a man. She actually married a woman with a with a costume. Ah, uh, there's just there's so much there. So you said you'd promised her when you got married that that you wouldn't go down this path. I did because um, you know at that point I had already had a full beard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we got married. I still I still had my long hair. I I had put on about another I don't know fifty pounds for my transition. I had gained a lot of weight. I had worked out whatever breast that I had. I had worked out to go away. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I had done, you know, weightlifting and everything I could to get myself back into a man's body uh, from transitioning. And then, you know, we got married. I said, you know, I know you, you know, she was straight as an arrow as far as I was concerned. Like, you know, um, she wasn't interested in having a lesbian relationship or any type of relationship with a woman. You know, she'd done it one time just to get a reaction out of a guy. And that was the end of that. You know what I mean? And so we had talked about it and we actually had a discussion. When we got married. Um, I had said to her, I'd given her the what if scenario and the what if scenario was, well, I can't promise I'd want that or this, that, and the other. And as time grew and that year and a half went by, I kept referring back to that one conversation that we had stating that, you know, no, I couldn't do that. And so I didn't want to risk losing everything because the first time I transitioned, I lost the girl that I was with mm -hmm. the four boys that I raised for eight years. And I just, I wasn't willing to give all of that up. And that's why I would have rather put a gun in my mouth and let it go that way yeah. than just have, have the heartache again. It was so hard for me to have that heartache the first time. It took me three years to get over that. You know? Well, and that, that's kind of what prompted that that question about, you know, the conversation you had, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong and, and um, Crystal, nod your head in the background, but it sounds like that was more coming from you, Lexi, than it was um, an edict from her. I would have to agree with that, actually, because, you know, um, that was a conversation post-marriage, right? Post-marriage? It was. Okay, post-marriage, it was a conversation that we had had. Um, and so I had promised her that I wouldn't transition or that I wouldn't even think about it. You know, she was under the assumption that it just didn't work out for me. You know, that <laughs> yeah, it just... She led me to believe. Right, that's kind of what I led her to believe. No, she was completely ignorant. Yeah, she was completely ignorant to the whole thing. Like, she had no idea what transgender meant. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I had told her, and when I first told her, we were on our second date, um, and I, I first told her, and she thought that I was teasing her, saying that, like, you know, I was like a man living in a woman's body type deal, or a woman living in a man's body. So she thought I was teasing her, like, you know. Heavy duty flirting. Right, heavy duty flirting. Like, you know, oh, I'm a gay man in a girl's body type deal, and that wasn't the case at all. And when I finally, on the third date, I actually asked her to marry me. Um, this all <laughs> happened from, well, listen, this all happened from December 6th of 2019. I asked her to marry me on December 21st, 2019. We got married January 28th, 2020. And we bought a house on January 7th, 2020. <laughs> before we even got married. So, I mean, this all happened in such a short frame of time. And then we got married and COVID hit. And, like, we ended up both getting laid off. And so we're at home. Like, we barely know each other because we got married. But we knew that we wanted to be with each other. And... Yeah. So it was kind of almost like an arranged marriage type setup because we really didn't know much about each other when we got married. And so, wow. you know, it just ended up being, you know, she got to know me and I got to know her. And um, I just, I wasn't interested in transitioning at the time. And I kept referring back to that one conversation and I, I was too chicken shit to bring it up again. Well, and that brings up a really important point about a lot of us in transition is like, and, and I don't think many people, especially cis people understand it, that... Mm -hmm. We try really hard 
not to transition. We try really hard to suppress that and ignore that and, and not let it be true. And, you know, you even explored it for a while and then um, tried again to stuff it down and be like, you know, it sounded like you were doing the extra masculine things and trying to be as butch as you could to get rid of that side. And it, like I was alluding to before, it sounds like you were doing that on her behalf, especially once you presented a certain way, then, you know, got into a relationship, you felt that pressure to keep that, um, to keep that, that, that promise basically to keep that, you know, it wasn't a charade. It was something that you were, were trying to honor. Yeah. No, you're and you're absolutely right. Um, I went as far as to start like one of the manliest businesses in the world that you could start. I started a tree company, like cutting down trees for a living. Yep. You know, not only was I a mechanic before I did that and we got laid off, but then, you know, after, you know, unemployment went away, I started a tree company and I built it, you know, with a bucket truck and a chipper and employees and, you know, full-time crew and this, that, and the other. Like I built it from nothing to something and I hated every single minute of it. But to be manly was the thing that I thought that she wanted. I thought she wanted somebody to take care of her, but actually that wasn't what she wanted. Um, she was more than happy when we, when I finally transitioned, um, I tried doing the tree thing for a few, for about a month, month and a half. I just, I couldn't do it. My heart's not in it. It was never in it. It was only there to be manly. You know, even the people in the neighborhood, they were all fooled when my wife, everybody my, was fooled, but me, right. My <laughs> wife tried to out me to the neighbor. She went and she had the discussion. Cause I, once I was transitioning, I turned very agoraphobic. Um, yes. I didn't want to leave the house. Mm -hmm. And so she actually went to the neighbors because we used to, we, I live in that type of neighborhood where we can sit down and talk to all of the neighbors. We have like an afternoon get together and we just sit there and shoot the shit for a few hours. And, um, I couldn't tell them. And so she went and told them they actually all thought that she was full of shit, that she was just pulling their leg and it was a big old joke and whatever. But no, um, she had to really show them that, you know, even my name had been changed. I changed my name five years ago, you know, May, May, uh, May 4th or May 7th, 2016, I changed my name to Lexi. And, um, you know, they used to call me by my dead name, which is in, interestingly enough, used to be Matt, just so you know. Um, I don't really hide it. It's a dead name at this point. But, um, and I, that's what, when I met her, that was actually what I told her to call me because I didn't want her to feel that she was in any sort of feminine type relationship. You know what I mean? Even when we got married, she, you know, wrote her vows out to Matt and to Lexi at the same time. Oh, wow. So your name was already was already female when you met and married. And yet you were still trying to to toe the masculine line. I was. Yeah. And she kept apologizing for her name on and on. And, and I was like, no, don't worry about that. Yep. Even my family was on her. Like my mother kept asking me, well, doesn't it bother you that, you know, he. Mm -hmm. has a you know has a a female name and she's like no that's who that's who i married that's what it is you know and um i had changed my name in 2016 when i decided to transition the first time because i said well if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it right you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so i changed my name then and um i was living as i wanted to i was happy even though i was homeless i was still happy because i got to be me yeah. you know 
And, um, and then I ended up in an abusive relationship. Like I said, things just went from bad to worse. And I think when it came to the relationship that I was in at that time, I was desperate. I was desperate for somebody to love me, for somebody to want me for me, because I had just gone through all that emotional trauma of a woman leaving me because I transitioned, you know? And so I grabbed onto the first thing that I could. Yeah. And the first thing I could ended up being a giant mistake for me. And then that's why I said, I, I just, I had to stop transitioning at that point because I ran out of money. I ran out of doctors. I ran out of hormones. I ran out of everything at that point. Um, it was actually easier for me as a man to walk away from that relationship than it was as a girl. Um, and so mentally it made it easier for me to do that. Hmm. And so when I walked away, I was so much happier, but I was never happy that I actually stopped transitioning. And that's what I think really ate at me a lot when I was married is the fact that I had already lived my happiness as Lexi and that's, I wanted it back and I couldn't get it and I didn't know how to get it. And really all I ended up having to do was just sit down and talk to my wife and I just put it off too long. And the yeah. worst thing I kept trying to honor the feminine side of her. Um, I actually, for our six month anniversary, I took her to get her nails done, manicure, mm -hmm. pedicure. And let me, t I'm terrified of people touching my feet. I don't, do that sort of thing but i went through all of that with her and had her hair done and you know just trying to honor the feminine side of her mm -hmm. matter of fact on our on our first wedding anniversary she actually came to a job site that i was on she brought a table mm -hmm. she brought flowers just like you see in front of me here um she brought me a steak and lobster dinner a salad and everything and she tried to romance me on the job site and i just i wouldn't cave i wouldn't give in um, you know, I was, I was touched that she did it and she knew that I said, Oh my God, nobody's ever done this for me. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. Um, you know, and she really, she tried and she told me when I met her, you know, I still had all my girl clothes that, that hadn't changed. Um, I had a few boy clothes at the time, but most of the stuff I had was all girl clothes, you know, camis, underwear, pants, whatever. And so she told me, well, you know, you can wear your clothes. That doesn't bother me, you know, be you and you know, I didn't want to to give in to that feminine side at all because the clothes did not make me as a person. It, it had nothing to do with the clothes. And she didn't realize at first that, you know, um, that I can only socially transition, that I need to medically transition. And if I go, I'm going all the way because that's who I am and that's what I have to do as a person because that's how I feel. And she mm -hmm. knew um, that I was already not happy with my genitals because we'd have sex and, you know, it would be just not entertaining for her or for me at that point it was just kind of the shut her up you know yeah um, but no there are so many uh, great points in that that last bit that you were saying there you know it makes so much sense that you would go right away to another relationship and try to to find that validation we when we're early on in our transition it's so important to get that outside validation because we struggle to find it in ourselves um, mm -hmm. We don't believe in ourselves enough because it's so new and we don't know what we're doing. So, I mean, that, I think that's very common to to seek it outside. Yeah, I can tell you that being, um, you know, being in this position that I'm in now, um, I have actually had a lot more progress this time because I have the love and the support that I need and the validation. And, you know, um, the first time I transitioned, uh, my face didn't change very much. Um, I think I'm night and day from what I used to be. And then I had no breast growth the last time, no body movement the last time. Mm. Um, and this time I just have so much of it. I mean, granted, my, my regimen's a little different as far as my hormones are concerned, but I still have that the love and the support and the validation that I need that she allows me um, to be happy in, in the body that I'm in because you know, she's, she, she basically told me that, you know, I spent so much time being a man and trying to figure out, you know, as a man, what I like to do. 
But as a woman, what do I really like to do? You know, like, do I like working on cars? Do I like cutting down trees? Do I like drawing or whatever it is? And I think now it's important. And she's, she told me that I need to take the next couple of years to really find myself as a person, yeah. um, as, 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 as a woman and develop. Cause you know, as well as I do that going through that, the, the early stages of puberty, which I'm in right now, um, are actually really tough. Um, and the emotional up and downs, the crying or this and that, um, and whatever. But at the same time, controlling the show is about the most that I can do. And that's about as far as I'm allowed to go is just this show. And that's about it at this point. <laughs> This is my work. This is all I'm allowed to do beyond the scope of actual work. Well, that's good considering all all of that and what you've been through. Um, so what was that like for you? So you, you've had this thing and you've set yourself on the idea that you have to put this away and it, it has to, you know, it has to go away. Crystal comes to you and says these things that you need to transition. At that point, was there a moment where you kind of had to come to grips with things and, you know, did you have uh, hesitation or were you able to just jump right in and just go for it? Um, actually, that's a really good question. No, I had serious hesitation. I really, I was like a deer in headlights when she said it to me. Like I was thinking to myself at that particular moment, like, okay, what did I say? What did I do? What gave me away? How did I do that? Like, how did she know? I've never mentioned it. Right. I panicked. Exactly. I think, no, we didn't drop the call. Okay. And so I panicked. And so, um, I actually took a couple of days to think about it. And, um, I came out two days later, I had shaved the beard off my face completely and cleaned up everything there. And then I had some spironolactone in my, from my old transition that I still had left over. I didn't have any hormones, but I did have spiro. And so if I started taking that, I could lose the testosterone. And so I came out and I like taunted her with it. I said, well, you know, if I take this now, this is it. I'm not turning back. I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing it 10 times. This is going to be the time I do this. Are you sure this is what you want? Please be careful what you wish for. <laughs> and you almost dared me to do it. And so I did it. I did. And then I have, we haven't looked back since. I spend a lot of time second guessing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because the last time I lost everything, but I spend a lot of time second guessing, trying to wrap my head around the fact that she's okay with all of this and that this is our new normal, you know, just like is even wearing her shirt tonight and, you know, her doing my hair and just all the things that we do. Like I'm only the person I am today because when I, I started getting, like I said, agoraphobic in the beginning, she started dragging me out of the house and forcing me to go places to get out and to be myself and to get the visibility and to say, you are beautiful. Come with me. And, you know, every day I wake up, she tells me something that's changed and she tells me how beautiful I am. And um, the roles have essentially swapped in our house. So essentially, um, the wife goes to work and I stay home and do my thing. I cook, I clean and, and do my show and whatever. So the roles are typically reversed in our house. Once you got started in it, did you have a particular role model or confidant to look to or to lean on if you had any questions? No, I didn't really have anybody this time to lean on, which is why I started reaching out to some of the local groups and communities that we have, uh, like on Facebook or whatever. Um, but I, I tried to use my last transition without the relationship as a guidance point um, to what I was doing or, you know, try to warn her about what was going to happen or how things were going to happen and that reaction and whatever. Of course, she had already done the research. She knows what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you definitely had a couple. <laughs> like she knew what was going to happen before it ever happened. 
Mm-hmm. But I try to lean on it as a learning experience and, okay, well, I went 18 months last time and this is how I felt on this month or that month or whatever. And this time everything's been like so super accelerated. Um, you know, I started hormones on uh, April 23rd and, you know, it is now October 24th or 26, 26 today, 26. And so already I have, you know, I wear a double D for breasts that are mine and they're beautiful and they're shaping well. And like, I didn't even have that the last time. And so right now everything's so, it's so weird to think of how fast I progress. I can't even use my last transition as a point anymore. I pretty much just gave up on doing that because nothing is the same. It's not even close to what happened. And I noticed things about three days to a week before she does. That's true. She'll notice a change and I'm like, oh, you're crazy. And I look in the mirror three or four days later. I'm like, shit, did you know? She's like, yeah, I remember I told you three days ago. What was coming out like for you at that point? You know, um, you had Crystal there kind of coming out to to the neighbors for you. Um, and then, you know, you had a, a team at work and your family, what were some of those conversations like? And what were some of the the more challenging ones for you to approach and uh, um, the more challenging ones once you were in them? I think the hardest discussion um, wasn't even with our children. You know, our children, you know, we, we, we brought them into the bedroom. We were sitting there talking. It's like, well, I guess we should tell them I'm going to transition. And we pulled every last one of them that was here um, that's under the age of 18 in our room. And, you know, we told them about it. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Can we go watch TV now? So they didn't even care. My son who lives with us, he's 17. He'll be 18 in four five days. And he doesn't give a crap. You know, he brings his friends here. They all bring their friends here. They bring their girlfriends. They bring whatever. Nobody cares. Um, I think the hardest discussion for me, and I'm still fighting, um, was with my mom. You know, the first time I transitioned, um, my mom just didn't really accept me. You know, she pretended that she accepted me, but it was never okay for me to go home. Or, you know, home is Massachusetts. Um, It was never okay for me to go home and, and be myself that I had to cover myself up when I was there. And she always used to blame it on my stepfather, but I knew better. I knew it was my mother. Um, and, uh, you know, she would always call me by my old name and I allowed it. I never put my foot down and it said, mom, this is my name now. And this is whatever. And I had a really hard time with it. And I still have a hard time with it because even now it's the same thing. My mother just kind of talks behind my back and, um, misgenders me and calls me by my dead name, which isn't even my name anymore. You know, my brother, um, was actually in a, gay relationship for two years and when he was in that relationship my mother absolutely loved the man that he was with you know his name was frank and he was the best man in the world according to her and they used to hang out and do all kinds of stuff together and i looked at her i said it's okay for my brother to be gay or be gay in a relationship or whatever but it's not okay for me to transition and she goes no that's not true i finally found out the reason why and the reason why was because i'm changing my appearance i'm not gay i'm a girl and so I'm going from, well, I mean, I guess I'm gay too because I'm a lesbian, but still I'm a girl. Yeah. And so I'm going from that boy that she supposedly raised to a girl. But when actuality, she never really raised a boy. She raised a girl. Yeah. She just wasn't smart enough to see that. She, did, she didn't have her eyes open enough to care. Um, she right. She didn't pay attention. And my mom on the other, or my father on the other hand, um, that's a sad story. Um, when my parents divorced in 1986, I was uh, five years old. And um, a couple of years later, my father started beating the crap out of me. And um, he pretty much beat me from the time I was seven until the time I was 14. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time 
stitches and broken bones and bruises. And I spent more of my time healing. And I always tell people like, I didn't, I didn't live a childhood. I survived my childhood. Like I'm lucky to be alive. I mean, I've been through walls, out windows, off a second floor deck. I mean, just crazy shit. And, um, you know, so I don't really speak to my father, but he does know that I'm transitioning. Um, I have a Facebook group, trans girl 43, and I see him in that group. And every now and again, I'll see a thumbs up on a comment or something, um, which makes me wonder because my father was actually arrested for prostitution once he was found in women's clothes, um, and picked up and arrested. My mother has actually told me stories about my father wanting that type of thing in the bedroom, this, that, the other, whatever. Mm. And so I, wonder if my father isn't trans or wanted to do that maybe he saw a lot of that in me mm-hmm. and we took that out on me the fact that he was seeing the fact that i was so feminine as a child and all these things that i wanted to do you know i wanted to dance my father taught me how to dance by his hand across my ass you know what i mean um and so it was just one of those deals it, it was a rough childhood but it is what it is but i think the hardest discussion with with my mom because i to this day i still can't get her on board and i just can't figure it out i tried to explain to her you never had a boy. You always had a girl. And, you know, even the doctors told her twice from an ultrasound that she was supposed to have a girl. They had painted the room pink. They bought girls clothes. They had already, they were going to name me uh, Raylene. Like they had already picked out my name, everything. And yeah, surprise, I had a penis. It's so tragic. And I'm so sorry you had to go through it, especially since, you know, that father should have been the best person for you. You know, if, if he had some of those feelings, he should have been able to be the most accepting and understanding. And yet he he turned against you. And, and that's terrible. You know, a, a seven year old kid. That's just that's shameful. Well, he follows me on the trans girl group. He, he never comments. He only leaves uh, a like or whatever now and again. But I think what he's doing um, is is he's realizing that I'm happy and allowing me to live my life. Um, then I think he is too ashamed to apologize or to speak to me about it. And so maybe that's his little way of doing something. Cause I've sent him a couple messages every time he likes something, I'll send him a message and said, what are you trying to do? What, what do you want? Why are you here? You know, I haven't blocked him yet. And I just, cause I, I think more curiously, even though I don't particularly care for the man, I, I want to know what he wants. You know, yeah. why do you keep, you know, if you hate me so much and you can't stand me and you didn't want to talk to me, why do you, you know, why do you follow me or whatever? So I'm more confused by that, I think, than anything. It's something I struggle with internally for sure. Yeah. But I wish he'd spit it out. Yeah, exactly. I just wish he'd spit it out already instead of just spying on me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side of all of that, did you have anybody when you came out that supported you in a way that you weren't expecting? I mean, other than Crystal, obviously. I would say probably most of my employees at the time, because um, like I told you, I was running a tree service and none of the employees seemed to give a shit. I mean, we've had a few former employees who have found, of course, they want to have their words and we just blow them off like whatever, homophobic, bigot, we don't care. But um, I can't, I mean, all of our customers were pretty accepting about it. I think that surprised me the most is the fact that, you know, we would go to a customer's house and the customer would see that I was a trans woman. Um, and my wife would have already talked to him before we got there, but most of the customers never gave a shit. And I, I found that pretty interesting and surprising, be it the fact that I live in the South, in South Carolina. And the strangest part is I've really only experienced bigotry um, really once to my face um, living in the South. And it was from a gentleman who was supposed to buy my truck from me. 
Um, and he didn't care about anything that was wrong with the truck. I mean, it was possibly going to need a new transmission down the road. The paint was old. The interior was beat. It had a lot of miles on it. You know, it was scratched to death, a couple things, dents, whatever. He didn't care about any of that crap until I told him, well, you know, when you get here to look at the truck, I'm a trans woman, please, you know, don't be surprised. I didn't want to be, a, you know, shell shock as some people are. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that was the deal breaker. The fact that I was trans and it didn't follow within belief. I mean, I was just in disbelief over that. I'm like, well, I could pretty much sell you a broken down truck, but the fact that I live my life unlike you makes a big difference. So I, I don't know. I never figured that out either. That was the only actual occurrence here that I've dealt with personally. So what was your first experience going out and trying to find community? I know you've, you know, you've got your shows and things, but when did you first kind of start to to try to look for that, um, you know, support and people like you? Um, right about the last week of July, first week of August, I think. Um, I had already, like I said, I turned pretty ag agoraphobic and I pretty much stayed to myself at that point. Um, and so I started kind of telling my story on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so when I started telling my story on TikTok, I started reaching the trans community. So I started hearing from people that were trans and people who even, even weren't trans um, who was telling me that, you know, well, I've changed their view on trans people, this, that, and the other. Um, but I really started reaching out more to the trans community. I think probably about the first or second week of August was when I really wanted to find more people like me. Um, and then I met the Auntie Katie, um, and her and I just clicked it off so great. And uh, then I met you and everybody else, and now it's just turning into a, a much bigger community than I've had, which is really nice because now I'm finding places I can talk and people I can talk to and people I can relate to. And um, I've made a lot of good friends off of TikTok, and um, one particular shy, she's out there, um, you know, and she just recently came out because of me. She's non-binary. And she just come out because of me. And so that really makes me happy. And there's a lot of people that are just finding themselves and changing opinions because of people like me, people like you and her and whatnot. And I think it's great. What does transition look like or mean to you on a personal level? To me, it means being free, um, living happy, getting to live life in the experiences in life and, and that, you, that you should have been doing, that you should be. Um, allowing oneself to be themselves, basically. Um, you know, I always get, I get this thing. I say, do you, cause no one else will, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I say that because like, I mean it, like only you can be yourself. Only you can, can achieve your only greatness, you know? Um, and I think for me in the future, it just means being happy, being coming myself and building the family. You know, my wife and I are trying for child number 12. And, um, so I think that, you know, just, just me Be building our family, building our love, bringing our marriage closer, um, expanding my voice out in the world mm -hmm. so that, you know, I can, I can, I can make a difference for others so that they can live their happiness. So I guess that's kind of what it all means to me at this point. Have your goals shifted as you've moved along in your transition? Um, they have actually, uh, funny you ask that because like in the beginning, I just kind of started out for myself. Um, I didn't really start out with any expectations about, um, this or anything else. Like I knew I wanted to do something in the trans community, but I never experienced it uh, or never thought rather that it would get to the point that it's gotten at now. But now I'm at the point where I want to make a difference and I want to change the world and I want to end bigotry and I want to end hatred. Um, I want to change laws and things like that. So now I'm at, now my goal is changed to make it a point to make the world a better place for trans people. Um, and you know, I, I struggle to raise the money for my surgery. I do. 
Yeah. Um, and of course, I'll get there eventually. I'm going to have mine done in Thailand, but mm-hmm. I'll get it done eventually. And when I do, you know, after I'm done, I'll be able to take and start a foundation and raise money for other people. Um, you know, people who can't afford an apartment, maybe they get thrown out by their family. Maybe they can't afford hormones. Maybe they, um, maybe they need money for their top surgery or their bottom surgery or whatever it is that they need. Um, I want to start some sort of foundation for that type of thing, you know, a homeless shelter and, and whatever, just for, just for the LGBTQ, you know, there's so many resources out there for straight people. There's like nothing for the LGBTQ. And that's yeah. something I've come to research as well, because you know, even getting a grant for me for surgery has been next to nearly impossible to find. The one people that wanted to sponsor me don't have the money, so it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Um, so I think my goals have shifted to just make a difference for everybody else af- while obviously getting myself um, to where I want to be. Do you still get a lot of dysphoria these days? And then, the <laughs> Oh, my follow- God, yes. Yeah? What do you do in your life to find validation in yourself? What do you do when that hits the worst to to feel the most Lexi? Well, so the dysphoria is very real. Um, I, you know, my, my face, because um, I've just, I, you know, going through the stresses that I went through before, um, because I hadn't transitioned, I had worn myself so far down, I had actually aged myself incredibly. Hmm. Um, and so I think right now I'm suffering because, you know, we spend a lot of time as trans people looking at our faces for however much time it was before we transitioned. And so I still struggle to see him in the mirror. Um, and, you know, as far as my genitals go, you know, that is something I've dealt with it's so much. I think more of any body dysphoria I have would probably be my face and my genitals, to be honest with you. Hmm. That's like my, the worst ones that I have. And, um, I think, you know, I don't think I'm going to get feminine facial surgery. I don't think I'm going to need it by the time hormones take over or finish doing their job. But, um, I definitely want to get, you know, bottom surgery, of course. But when I do get down, um, I, I usually start crying. Um, and my wife usually holds me and and tells me everything's going to be okay. And she tells me that I'm beautiful. And, um, when I'm having really bad days, I get online and I start talking to friends and, um, just kind of doing my thing to handle this foyer. And of course, you know, it's, um, it's a lot better when you have, you know, 20 or 40 people in a room telling me, the, the, you know, you're beautiful, you're crazy. You're just not seeing yourself from our perspective. And that's true because we'll never see ourselves from anybody else's perspective, but, but our own, mm-hmm. you know? And so what other people see, we may not necessarily see. And people tell me that I present, um, and pass femme all the time. And half the time I look in the mirror and go, yeah, I don't think so, you know, but <laughs> right. they all seem to disagree with me. So I think the, the best way to make Lexi happy, um, when I am in my down moods is, um, the wife and I'll curl up in bed and we'll just kind of have a cuddle day and we'll eat chocolate. Um, just kind of talk when we have to and just kind of work it out. And then by the time I sleep it off, the day's usually over and we're good. And nice. I just move on to the next one. So what do you feel were your biggest hurdles in transitioning and how have you overcome those? Hmm. My biggest hurdles. Well, in the beginning it was my wife or so I thought, um, (laughs) but that certainly wasn't the case. Um, in the beginning, I think my biggest hurdle, um, second time around, I don't really refer to the first time very often. My second time around, I think was hormones. Um, we were really dying to get on hormones or at least I was, and she was pushing just as hard as I was. Um, she wanted to get me feeling right and feeling emotional, uh, stable as soon as she could. And we had looked and everybody said, you know, five months, six months, seven months away. And we finally, um, 
I'm a, I've been clean now for about almost eight years now, and I still see an addiction specialist. And the addiction specialist had actually hooked me up with a doctor who had just joined their clinic um, who was looking for trans patients. And I was his first trans patient, and I've since referred him probably about 10 or 15 others. Um, and so um, that was really cool. And he actually asked me to speak in a medical conference on Monday. It was supposed to be actually this afternoon, but he messed the date up. And so I was supposed to speak at a medical conference on Monday um, in order to, uh, help him talk more doctors into treating other patients, um, into the transgender care, which is great because he's really happy with the results that I've had. Um, and so I think the biggest hurdle for me was just kind of convincing myself that everything is going to be okay. Um, you know, and that my marriage is not going to fall apart and that my wife is behind me no matter what. Um, that's my biggest hurdle. Yep. And I, I really have a hard time with it. And unfortunately I still, I'm constantly asking you, you know, are you okay? Is everything tolerable? Can you handle this? Or, you know, when is, when is that too far moment? I constantly ask her and she goes, listen, honey, she goes right down to when you get your genital surgery, who knew that I'd ever be a carpet munching dyke? I mean, she just, I couldn't believe she said that the other night and it's just, it's one of those things, but that's my, that's really my biggest, my biggest struggle um, is making sure that she's happy and I just don't want to screw this marriage up, but I, I just, I guess I can't. Mm-hmm. Getting comfortable with myself and my marriage, I think, is the hardest thing in the world. And it really is because it's so hard for me to believe that somebody will just stick around and love me for me after everything that I've been through. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. No, I get that. Spending so much of the time wondering when that last shoe is going to drop or you hit that that step that was, was just a bridge too far. That's always my question. Yep. When is too far too far? Which what will it be? Will it be the surgery? You know, will I wake up from surgery and you know, we get home after I recover and she go, okay, I got you far. You need it to be now. I'm good. I'm out. I don't want this, that type of thing. And of course I know that won't happen, but that's still, I always worry about it. It's a constant fear. Mm-hmm. You talked about some of the things that you've been able to do because you've transi- transitioned. So unless you have anything else to add to that, I would like to ask what your favorite thing that you've learned through your transition has been. Oh, geez, that's a really great question. The favorite thing I've learned since I've transitioned is that we have a right to be happy. Um, We have a right to be ourselves and be who we want to be. I think the most valuable lesson I learned that it it, you need to learn to communicate and talk and speak um, and 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 you know say what's on your mind. And if you don't, it can really cause you a lot of grief and misery. Um, so to be honest with you, I think the the one thing I learned the most is that we all deserve to be happy no matter what. Honest to God, that is probably the one thing I would say. And I finally learned that it's okay to be mean. It's okay to be happy. What are the key pieces of advice that you have to give to young or closeted trans people out there? Find yourself. Um, if you're If you're struggling with your sexuality, you're struggling with your gender, and you don't know what to do, um, Seek out resources. Um, seek out resources on the internet. Seek out resources from counseling. Seek out resources from your parents. Talk to your parents. You know, I know that's difficult to talk to your parents. Um, I, I know I could never talk to mine, but you know, today's generation is a little a little different than ours. When we, so I would say, just look for resources or look to somebody that you know um, is is going through the same struggles you have. But you know, most importantly, that there's answers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, there's an answer. Somebody will find it for you. There's, there's resources, there's help. But to ever go to the extreme of unaliving yourself, 
um, is not necessary. And unfortunately, too often in the trans and the LGBT community, it happens too often, but it doesn't need to happen that you have that, like I said earlier, you have that right to be happy. And you are valid. You are loved. You are who you want to be. You just, you need a little help finding it. And when you find it, you'll be glad that you did. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective on that and your advice, as well as being willing to come on here and share your story. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to check out our guest Lexi on TikTok at Just a Girl Lexi. If you love what we're doing and want to help support The Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash The Transverse. 